What's going on, everybody, man? Welcome to the first episode of Stay the Course podcast, man. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. I'm super, super excited right now. The reason being because it's been a long time coming. And as you guys see right here to my left, I got my boy, my friend, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Andre T.T. Cliff, man. What's How you doing on? today, brother? What's going on? I'm What's good. up? I'm good. How you? I feel like I ain't seen you in a minute, man. Yes, it's been a minute. Like a minute, like right. since high school, right? Right. Right. No, it was man. a little bit after that. Right. No. Yeah, we linked up for I want to say whose party was that? Jeff Fon's? I think so. Jeff Fon's party. And then it was uh right right when you had your accident. Yeah. I came to see you. Did come to see me at the hospital. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Now I know a lot of people. Are we gonna get into the subjects and things and everything? But I just want to ask you. Cause I know I talked to a lot of people that I haven't seen in a long time, and um, they always tell me about the first time they heard about me getting a car accident, mm -hmm. like their first response or how they first felt. Yeah. So I, I kind of like hearing stories like that. You want to tell me how you felt when you first got the news? I had got the news from uh, Coach Gay, right? And it was like it was a shocker. Like I couldn't even really like play it all into into thoughts. It was just a lot of things racing. Yeah. That's why as soon as I could, we was able to come see you. I shot straight up there to come see you. Facts. You like you knew who I was, like you was aware, but it, you wasn't, you know, how you in your situation. But it was, it was real. It was tough for me to be able to see you in that moment. Yeah. But I stayed up there with you for about a good hour and a half. Right. And it was nice to see y'all too because um, it was something that was un unexpected. Right. Right. Like I wasn't expecting to see you walk through the door. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, Coach Gay. <laughs> right. It was expected. Right. right? You know what I'm right. saying because we we had more of a. Uh, more intimate relationship, personal relationship, me and you, it was more like we knew of each other, we hung out, we had the same group of friends, but we never really got a chance to really like sit down and really right, rap. Right, really rap. Talk, but. Like we lived, we lived like right by each other. You lived up the hill. Up the hill. Right, yeah. I lived down the hill. So we had sometimes uh, come up to Glenbrook. For sure, yeah. go to Glenbrook, play outside basketball right. a little bit. Um, but it wasn't like you said, that, that relationship that you expect me out of all people to walk through the door and see, sure. see me, see my face. For sure, and I think that, um, and I just want to say thank you, because sure. uh, that just shows um, the type of man you are, right. you know what I'm saying? the type of heart that you have, right. and we're gonna, we gonna get into all that. Sure. Um, but this is our time now to have these conversations, man. So uh, first thing being first, how you feeling? I'm good, I'm living, I'm breathing. Good? Good. You sure? You know, that's an easy answer. Exactly, exactly. Right, just saying I'm good is such an easy answer. Sometimes there's so many different emotions that we can ex that we express and that we feel that we don't know how to express, right? Um, mm -hmm. So just saying good is just an easy, easy answer. But if you say you're good, I believe you. Um, you look like you're good, right. man. I'm watching you. You're doing a lot right now in terms of your training. And I really just want to get into the man behind ASAP, which is Andre Cliff elite performance, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So um, let's just talk about who TT is, right? Like, where where'd you grow up? I grew up in Euclid. I was born on the west side of Cleveland, lived in East Cleveland about three, four years, then moved to Euclid in 99, and just was grew up out there. Right. So who, who were you? When you say you moved to Euclid, were you with, like, granddad, grandma, no, my mom, five. brother, my mom, brother, and my sister? Single parent? a five, yeah, single parent. Youngest of five. Yeah. So I'm the oldest of five. Okay. It's a little opposite. It's a little different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you were in Euclid, um, I know when I met you, you were more so like, I wouldn't say closed off, but it was like, don't mess with TT. <laughs> like, it was like people who like feared you, right. were scared of you, like, don't mess with TT. You was always mad. Like, I want to ask you, were you mad? No. Like, always mad back then? Or what was it? Like, what is it about your demeanor? No, I wasn't, I wasn't mad. It was more, I was just more of a chill, laid back, and I just didn't take bullshit. Like, right. I didn't take no disrespect and things like that. Even at a young age, I was always brought up that way. I'm the youngest of five, got a lot of older cousins. And it was just always, uh, I've always had to fight. Always that type of thing. And I wasn't necessarily, I was mad. I was just always... Like I said, I was always aggressive. I was always stand on business, no matter what, even at a young age. For sure. And you just learned that just from your experiences right. with your older cousins. Like my older things. cousins, my older brothers, my 
my sisters, everybody. We was we was all I was the youngest, so I always had to to make sure show that wasn't nothing. You know, that you weren't scared, you weren't about to mess with you. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right, it's the demeanor thing, right? right it's that exactly. thing that we gotta have when you know you're dealing with your family, it's like they toughen you up, right? Exactly. They teach exactly you what it was. Exactly, exactly. That same thing with me. I hung out with a lot of older people, as you know. You know what I'm saying? I didn't really hang out with a lot of freshmen. Right. I always hung out with more so y'all. Right. Carshawn, I always forgot you was younger than us, for real, because you was always there. Yeah, I was, I was, but I was learning a lot of stuff from y'all, man. Mm -hmm. Like I really was learning um, how to navigate high school. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? How to navigate sports, man. Just right. because I would watch y'all, and we gonna get into that too. I would watch y'all, man, and I would be like, "Yo, he's cold, like he's dominant, like." And how did that come about? Because I know. You didn't start playing football until you were. I ain't start playing sophomore. until uh, junior. Actually, I tried to play. My mom, see, this was the thing. My mom wouldn't let me play. Like my older brother, he played. He four years older than me, so he played when he was around eight. I was like four. I should go to his his practices and games. And I love football. I always wanted to play sports, but my mom would never let me play, play. because I was too aggressive. She said I was gonna hurt somebody. So but when it was time for like eighth, ninth grade, I wanted to play. I went out to play, but I couldn't play because I didn't have the grades. So I just said, forget it, I ain't even go play sports. So by the time 11th grade came, uh, Gibbons told me, he like, look, I don't want you to play. I'm, I'm not taking no for an answer. So I came out 11th grade, that's when I, my first time playing. Right. So that's when I really played pads. Other than that, it was just straight tackle outside football. But sure. I didn't play pads until 11th grade. And if I can remember right, you started in JV. Right. And then you were so dominant in JV that they was like, yeah, there's no way this kid can't play right. varsity. Exactly. Because I was supposed to play varsity in 11th grade, but right. you know how it was. The seniors always played. They always, right. Yeah. So it was like, all right, we'll put you in, but it's just more we go put the seniors in before right. you. So it was a game we played. And I, uh, somebody got hurt and I got in. I made the play four plays in a row. And they was like, why is he not playing? It was one of those type of things. But it was just still like the next game, sitting on the bench. So it was just JV. That's when I built that relationship with Coach Mack. Okay, right. And I spoke to Coach Mack. He speaks highly of you. Yeah. Very, very highly of you. It was just something about your attitude at that point in time. And you were like, yo, I cannot be denied, right? Mm -hmm. So you went from not playing to starting varsity. Then we go into your senior year where you become all LEL all-conference, all-state, mm -hmm. first-team all-conference, first-team all-state, defensive player of the year, conference defensive player everything. of the year. Everything. Everything. What was it about you that made you so different on the field? It really became easy to me. It was like, yeah. I still worked hard or whatever, but of course, it was just a natural talent. I hated to lose. I always wanted to be the best, no matter what it was. So it was just that hunger and wanting to be the best. And that translated to everything I do off the field and period. So it was just that hunger. I wanted to be the best. And I had that relationship with Mac. I had so much respect for him. Of course. And I just wanted to be great for him. Yeah. Not just myself and my teammates. And I was having fun. Do you remember, uh, digressing a little bit, do you remember Coach Mac giving us a speech about don't be that guy? Yeah, I remember the back of my head. He I, still say he, that speech to some of the kids at uh, Cleveland Heights. So. Listen, I was talking to him, and I'm <laughs> like, yo, I remember you telling us, don't be that guy. Mm -hmm. And that's the only thing stuck with me throughout high school mm -hmm. um, that a coach had ever said to me. Right. And that just, again, testament to who Coach Mack is. That respect and you have that for respect him. I have for him, that reverence that I have for him. Um, but then you went on there, and you went to community college, then you went to Urbana? Yeah, correct. so I went to uh, Fort Scott Community College in Kansas. We was the number two juco in the country, so I went out there for for a year. I had red-shirted, ended up coming back home for uh, about three years, then for two years, then I went to Urbana. So there's a story about how you got to Fort, what, what's the name again, I'm sorry? Fort Scott. Fort Scott. There's a story about that, right? Yeah. Do you remember the exact story? I remember the exact story. Let's tell get, the people I get that chills story. a little bit talking about it. Okay, well, let the people know. <laughs> First, I wasn't going to go to college. I wasn't even going to play football. Right. So school, we done graduated, walked the stage, all that. So Coach Mack was like, come train with me. I wasn't doing nothing. Yeah. So we used to, he used to come pick me up like every Monday, Wednesday. We'd drive out to Chesterland and work out. That's like 30 minutes from the crib. So we'd drive out there, work out. And then one day 
he asked me like, you going to school? Like he didn't know anything about it. I'm like, no, nah, curiously. Like, yeah, he like, yeah. so you're not going anywhere with everything that you accomplished. You're not going to Juco, nothing. He like, I'm it, like, no. Nah. It didn't make sense. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we driving out, he like, hold on, let me make this call. So he called uh, Coach Ginn. Ginn made a call to uh, Coach Jeff Sims in uh, Kansas. Literally, 20 minutes later, Coach Sims called me. It's like, we coming out to Kansas, gave me a date. He said, I've heard everything about you. Coach Ginn speak highly of you. Coach Max speak highly of you. We want you out here. So we out in Kansas with literally all Americans. Yeah. Highly ranked players transferred from O State, Florida, Texas, and all type of big people. Names. Big big names, top 100 players in the country. So I'm out there, me, little old me just out there. Even though I dominated here, I go out there with those guys. But when you go out there with them type of players, it just, your level of, of urgency and want to be great just rises because you see all the names and all the people you you come across. I went out there and I was dominating, but it was just so many people could be on the roster, so I didn't get to play. So that's why I had to red shirt. And then you decided to come back home for a little bit. Right. And then you got... Uh, offered to Urbana. Right, to right? go to Urbana, yeah. Went and to Urbana, D2 uh, in Ohio. And there you recorded, I want to say, 33 solo tackles, no, 77 solo mm -hmm. tackles, 107 or 70 uh, solo tackles. I, I, it's like everything is a blur for real. I don't blur. remember all the numbers. I know I had, it was, it was close to that, so it was around like, no, it was around like 100-something uh, total tackles. 177. Uh, yeah. around like six interceptions, things like that. But it was, it was, I was playing corner. Say I played three different positions, so it was, it was a lot. Right. So you spoke about you know Coach <laughs> Mag making a call, and I think um, there's there's a point in that of just sometimes it's not about necessarily what you know. It's, it's about who you know, who you know, and then also um, I want to speak to your character, mm -hmm. right? Because Nobody is going to go to bat for someone they don't believe in right. or that haven't showed them that they're capable of doing the things in the spaces and places that they have just mm -hmm. um, tried to put them in. Correct. Right? So you talked about how you how everything that you do translate on and off the field, right? How does on the field, your demeanor on the field translates to you and how you train the athletes that you do now? Because you train some 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 yeah. top athletes. Yeah, I, I, a lot of good athletes in, in Cleveland uh, and surrounding areas. Yeah. So it's just that that mindset of just never wanting to, to be, not be the best. Always strive, no matter what it is, working out, I'm playing, I want to be the best, I'm going to work hard. Right. And it's just that mentality, mentality that you got to have no matter what. And it's, it translates to life because if you, if you half-ass something, that should go lead over and bleed over into your life. Right. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I heard... Rich Paul say something about a dirty locker um, translates I mean, yeah. to a dirty, yeah. not a necessarily dirty life, but a life of chaos. Mm -hmm. So I get with that, uh, with what you mean by that. Mm -hmm. But in terms of like your demeanor, I guess what I'm asking is, how do you approach training, right? When you have mm -hmm. these top athletes and they're playing at an elite levels, how do you keep them at that elite level? And then how do you help them surpass that? You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. you've been able to play at an elite level, right? right. And Maybe you may not have gotten as far as you wanted to. Right. Um, and I guess let me stop there. Is there any resentment in the fact that maybe you didn't <clears throat> go as far as you wanted to go? At first it was. <clears throat> At first it was, but I just grown to know, like, it, it's just not going to happen for everybody. Right. So my, my thing was to, if I can't do it, I'm going to give the kids and these other athletes the opportunity that I didn't have, the training I didn't have to reach that level so I can help them get to that top level. And dealing with like some of the, the top NFL guys I've trained, NFL guys, top college guys, some of them already have that mindset of I'm gonna be I'm gonna be hungry. I'm a, that demeanor that we need to be elite. So it's just me more of being there to to make sure they don't dip below that. Right. To always expect and always require greatness of yourself, no matter what it is. And that's been able to translate even to the younger kids that I train. So they see that and they're around the older guys. So they they able to pick up on that and able to patterns exactly they learn it's them yeah. and I I got a thing I was I just recently posted it people don't listen they follow of course 
I so your that. actions is more of anything. So you got to be the standard. You got to be the one to show them. Because a lot of people nowadays, they just don't listen. The words don't do anything for them. Exactly. And I agree with you that just kind of the piggyback is just sometimes about being an example, mm-hmm. right? Setting, um, being a representation, um, right. setting a demonstration out there for people to follow. Mm-hmm. One of the things that um, I, I hang my hat on is allow my life to be an example for others so that they can also know what they're capable mm-hmm. of, right? So when I see it, it's easy for me to believe it's obtainable, right? You know, so with those little kids, they're watching these these older adults and they're watching these pro athletes and they're working out and they're staying true to the grind. So then they learn that pattern. They mm-hmm. learn how to um, embrace the journey and the work that comes along with being great, right? Right. Um, so you train ages what? Age, I just started training youth from age seven to, who well, I've been training in middle school, high school, pro and college, but my thing is I wanted to get more into the youth seven, six-year-olds, all in that area. And I've been doing that for the past couple months, and it's just been something I've been, I just love now. It's like right. a passion, like, because they want to be great. They just don't know. Right. And so, they, they just need us to be able to push them, someone like myself that's been there, that be around those guys, to push them and just give them that feedback. Sometimes they, they hear it, but you got to be able to tell them as well. Not just show them, you got to tell them and show it on a consistent basis. If it's not consistent, they won't respect it at all. They won't respect it. And you said something uh, that stuck out to me. You said passion, right? Mm-hmm. So is this your passion or is this your purpose? I, be- I believe it's my purpose because I stopped doing it for about six months and it was killing me. Really? Man, what? What it was, was it like, about it then? I was depressed. I, w- I was really depressed. And I honestly just got married. So I just got married and on top of I don't I can't go train I can't do that yeah. so I'm working a job I'm still taking taking care of my family I'm doing that but it was just more I needed I needed that thing for me right to be able to touch the people touch my athletes and just in those relationships keep me going right because we all got a contribution in life right right we all have a, a personal legend mm-hmm. I'm reading this book called The Alchemist I don't know if you ever read yeah it. I got that book man I great great it. book it talks about it personal legend and purpose, mm-hmm. passion, finding out what that is, leaning into that, and just um, embracing the journey of it, right? And then you talked about being married. Shout out to all the black married men out there. Like, sure. I just want to definitely put that out there. Black men do get married. Black families are and do exist. Black families do stick together. As you can see, we have definitely. a product right here sitting in front of us, man. So not only condone, like not only I admire you, not only shout out to you, but shout out to all the black men out there. Mm-hmm. I just definitely had to say that. Um, but you said you were depressed because you wasn't able to um, contribute in a way that you wanted mm-hmm. to contribute. Now, when did ASAP start or when did you start training? I started training in the summer of 2016. Okay. Uh, so I was at Urbana. I came back home. Coach Mack had the gym at the sports plant. Yeah. So I came back. And I was just, just wanted to do something besides just me working out. I wanted to help the other guy because I had my trainer, Coach Smith. Shout out to Jermaine. He uh, coaches at uh, Cleveland Heights as well. Coach so, Jern. Right. So we was, he was at, uh, the team was was uh, training at the sports plant because the school was down. So I was working out there. So I just began training with the high school kids. Yeah. And it became something I loved to do. Instead of just focusing on myself, I was able to help others. And I just fell in love with it. Then I started training other athletes. Other athletes started coming to me. Can I train with you? Right. Do that. So that's when it became a love for it. And then once I thought about it when I came home, 2017, I'm like, this is something I'm going to do when I'm done. Right. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to make it to that next level. I know I'm not, but I'm going to still strive to do it. But it's going to be an opportunity for me to be able to reach back and just stay around the game. Exactly. Right. To my community, to Euclid, where I grew up, everything I had was there. So it was my my love to to do that group from there. Okay. And then, and then you started training in 2016. Then ASAP, the brand, right? 2018. Started in 2018. Yeah. Correct. And um, I watch your videos, man. I watch your videos a lot. And they remind me, and tell me if I'm wrong, they remind me of track practice <laughs> at Euclid High School. 
back in the day, oh, right? Oh, man, there was, it was, the thing, I never ran track, but I was always but around. But you was always there. Always there. Always there. Always. But I never do it. was I running. I couldn't do it. I, no, I couldn't do it. I'm cool. We always used to be like, TT, I couldn't do it. Get on the team, man. No, no I ain't running. Nah. But you were really great at basketball, too. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. I used That's to, listen, too. I peep, right? Right. I used to be like, <laughs> man, how is this? First of all, you were always like, you know, stout. So right. I'm like, how is he moving like that? This man is getting from point A to point B. Compete, like, man. I just love competing. That's the main thing. That's And that's another thing. That's what always drove me. I love to compete no matter what it was. I always wanted to win. Yeah. You know, I was always a you had, loser. Right. So. You expectation to win, right? Right. I yeah. always, every time, no matter what I did, I felt like I wanted to be the greatest. And I wanted to compete. I may not be the tallest, jump the yeah. highest, the fastest, but you want to go beat me. But you're not going to outwork me. Exactly. That's yeah. how I felt. Don't want it. You don't want it better than I do. Yeah. Right? The, the thing is, though, when I'm training, I want them. I want to put them in uncomfortable situations sometimes. Because uh -huh. you're going to need that because not, everything not going to be easy for you to do. So if we're going through a workout and everything, every, it's going to be them days that you go have those days. It's like we're working on certain things that, you need right. to be relaxed. It don't need to be high intense all the time, but you need those days where it's like, all right, we about to go hard, hard. no right. matter what. Because them uncomfortable days, them would make you a better player, better athlete, mentally and off the field, off the court, no matter what it is. Indeed, I, it's a quote that I, um, I, you know, hang my hat on again. I'm gonna say that a lot, uh, but it's if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change. You. It won't change you. You're not right? getting better. Not getting no better because mm -hmm. you're just consistently, consistently doing something that's comfortable, right? It's not until you get uncomfortable is when the growth happens on the other when side. When it changes, that's the transformation of on it. On the other side yep. of comfort, I say that. Um, I told I told a friend the other day that uh, I was on the other side of the storm. They didn't understand what I said, and it was just uh, basically to your effect of you know, the, the being challenged, right? right? When you're going through a storm, you're going through it, but you don't come out the same way you went in. Mm -hmm. Right, so it's that same kind of concept to transform in mm -hmm. that I take with my life and my daily struggles and challenges. It's like, yo, I'm on the other side of this. Right. Uh, once you, once the players get through that workout, they're probably feeling like, man, I got better today. Exactly. You know what I mean? They like, might I, hate I got... me at that moment. They might hate it at that moment. But they do. They know yeah. it's gonna be. It's nothing but uh, beneficial for them. And what I've also noticed about your training is you pay a lot of attention to detail. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, the movement of the players, the functionality of the players, the mobility of these players, and them being able to translate the exercises that you're giving them on and off the, on the field, on the court, wherever that may mm -hmm. be. How do you, where do you get your knowledge from? Like, is there trainers that you mm -hmm. look up to that you study? Is there a certain um, sport that you prefer to study and it translates through all sports? Like, I was saying some of your workouts or some of your exercises, stretches are like track mobility mm -hmm. stretches. So how did you kind of formulate your, um, I guess the word would say your curriculum to train? Right. So everything is, is based off the movement. Like it's like I literally do everything is based off the, me being a former athlete. I know certain situations from being able to. But being a two-sport athlete really helped me. Right. right. All right, understanding movement, understanding how the body works, and going to school for it because I got my degree in it. So exercise, it just, science, right, right? Exercise science. So it's just more of just studying that and knowing how to put that into movement. Uh, how being a former athlete, understand how the body works and different things like that. There's trainers out there that I, I watch, but it's not really more of I take things from them. It's just me studying and just having the common sense and putting the study in with the common sense and understanding this, understanding the body. That's how I really come up with everything. With everything. Okay. So within training, where where does training, where's training taking you next? Are you are you looking to get into that facility? Are you looking to join on with an organization? Or are you gonna stay ASAP bound? That's the thing. So out of college, it was either, all right, we can can go uh, try to get a coaching job yeah. and things like that. But I wanted to start my own business. I wanted to be, I could have easily translated and went to the high school. I, I was in the high school route, but high school, college, or professional routes and try to get in those programs. But I wanted to develop and start something myself. 
right. or something with my name on it, with my legacy for my family, for my kids to be able to to be proud of. And it's something I wanted to do. I didn't want to, to be under anybody. I wanted to do it myself and build and build the whole city up for real. Honestly, build Cleveland to be what I know it could be. That's that's really the main thing. So it's more so about giving back. Exactly. To you. My purpose. Purpose, right? right? Um, and when you speak about your purpose, do you think purpose is a um, linear thing, right? Where it's mm -hmm. like, this is just my purpose. Right. This is what I'm meant to do. Or is it like, does your purpose evolve? Right. You think your purpose is evolving at this moment or you sure of what it is? I'm sure of what it is, but at the same time, there's always different things that can, can take you in different directions. Indeed. So we gonna get behind the man behind the brand a little bit, right? Right. So we talked about all the training. We talked about how you got here. So um, let's just back up a little bit. If I can, if you had a theme your life mm -hmm. right now, what would be the theme of your life? It's a marathon. It's a marathon. Explain. Like, I know we hear that. Right. You hear it. Yeah. You hear it all the time. It's a marathon. I say it all the time. It's a marathon. Just so my guys, my people can know, like, everything is not one day. Don't think of everything as one day. You got to stack the days. So everything is not a Make the days count. Sprint. You got to make the days Don't count. Don't count the days. Exactly. Because gotcha. if you count the days, you're going to be stuck in that same spot. Okay. So a marathon, right? What about your life has been a marathon? Because we're on the Stay the Course podcast, right? right? And Stay in the Course is all about never giving up, exactly. never giving in. It's about continuously staying um, focused, steadfast on your goals, on your endeavors. And for you to become who you are today, I think that speaks to the marathon. But sometimes people don't know what that marathon is until you explain it to them, right. until you tell them the things that you've experienced and you've been exposed to. So what in your life did you feel like um, adds up to you saying right now you're living a marathon. It's just my whole, the way I've came up, how I'm able to transition from the person I was into the person I'm becoming and the person I am. So everything about my life coming up was was rough. Like you said, I was always one of those angry type. No, it was more of a just, I was just hungry and aggressive and I just wanted to be, be great in something. Yeah. Yeah. I never knew what it was. Okay. So it was just So you think it was more frustration? It was a, it was a just a lot of, yeah, it was a lot of frustration. It was. But I didn't think of it as frustration. I thought it was just me being just being a kid. And I thought it was normal. Right. So um with the frustration, the reason I asked was it frustration, because um you mentioned you're the youngest of five, mm -hmm. correct? Um single parent household, right? Right. Um so how did that affect you today, right? Like you got two boys, right? Right, Davey and Noah, right? And you grew up without a father. That's the you know biggest thing right there. So you think that was the, the thing then that is the difference between who TT was then and who TT is now? Yeah, because growing up, I never had any father figure type in my family. I have two older brothers, but there wasn't more. They, I didn't look up to them as more of a father right. figure. Uh, I had my one of my oldest my oldest brother. He was out of the house when I was growing up. Then I had my brother that's four years older than me. It wasn't I didn't look up to him into that aspect until I got older. Yeah. So not having a father figure was a lot of anger and wondering why I didn't have one. But I never really thought about that until I got older. I got yeah. married. Right. I went to therapy. And, go to therapy. Yeah. Me and my wife. Me and my wife go to therapy. Marital therapy. Yeah. And a lot of my problems growing up came out in those conversations. Really? Yeah. So what was, if you don't mind sharing, what was something that you found out or that you learned about yourself going through therapy with, with your wife? Uh, I guess besides the, the father's mm -hmm. That was the main, that was right. just the main thing that it was just right. more of my built up aggression was not having that father figure and being more of a, I just needed an outlet and anger was my only outlet. Anger was your only outlet. Aggression was your Aggression, only outlet. Yeah. And that translated onto the field. Right. Right. And, and competition then, and whatever, everything I, do, I did. Right. So you go to marital uh, therapy, excuse me, with your wife. You learned a lot about yourself. 
And I think is that what, and the reason I'm going to ask is because we sometimes learn what to do and what not to do. Mm-hmm. The things we have been exposed to, the things we have experienced or the lack thereof. Right. right? So the lack of your father, does that, um, is that the reason you're the type of father you are today? Exactly. To your boys? Exactly. That's, that's the reason I'm a, the type of person I am. I always make sure I even tell him, even at a young age, Noah's six, Navy's two. He'll be two next week. I'm uh I'm this way because of certain things. And I have these talks with them. They they might not understand it. They're not gonna they don't it. yeah, not they don't understand yeah. it, but they will, but I make sure I still tell them. Right. I still have these talks with them like they're uh, older kids. That's important though. Right, because I don't talk to them like they're little kids. I talk to them like they're old enough to understand. understand. Right, so it's just it's it's just that the way I am is because I didn't have a father and, and that's the way I am as a parent. I want to make sure that they have everything I I didn't have and they make, I make sure I teach them everything that I didn't know. Right. So when they're at of age that they understand and they respect it, and then I, and they say, dang, I, this is what dad was talking about this whole time. This whole time. And you know what? I respect you for that, man. I admire you for that. And the reason I say that is because, as you see, you know, I got a picture of my dad right. sitting that's, over here. I keep, I, that's the first right? thing I say. And um, my dad, you know, was very important. I knew that. In my life. And I you, always you know that. that. You know, yeah. he used to come pick me up from practice. Mm-hmm. He used to be at the games. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you sitting here in the way that you are talking about how you a parent and how proud you are to be a father and things you are changing um, is very admirable. And I think it's also very relatable, right? Mm-hmm. In both instances for people who are these kids now who are fatherless, right. right? And then those young men who grew up, you know, fatherless, but they think because they didn't have a father that they are not going to be a good father exactly. or they don't have the capacity to be a good father. Mm-hmm. But you don't, you don't subscribe to that, that, you don't subscribe to that. No, I can't be. I can't do that. I didn't know what to expect having my kids, but I've always known that I don't want to be that parent. Of course. That that father, I didn't want to be absent. I want to be there every step of the way. Don't be that guy. Don't be, exactly. Don't and be everything comes full circle. Of course. And is that why you kind of clung to Coach Mack a little bit? Do you think it was, you know, the fact of him being like more of a father figure? Exactly. Yeah, and he was one of the first black males to show me respect, right? He was the one of the first ones to take me under his wing and, right. and this is how you're supposed to do things. Like, he was the only one. I respect him on that level. Right. Like, right. as a father, sometimes I call him pops just right. because I respect him on that level. And he's just a great overall human being. Oh, uh, man, he's a he's a great guy. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's doing a marvelous job at Heights, man. Mm-hmm. I think he's transitioned right. that um, that school and that program into something special. Right. You know, some good kids coming out of that school. Mm-hmm. Now I've been able to kind of you know catch my eye a little bit. And then you also coach. Yeah, I coach Heights as well. Yeah, I coached the Heights for three years. Correct. I don't coach anymore. I coached there for three years. Now, were you... Also coaching at Glenville? Yeah, I coached okay. at Glenville last year, yeah. Coach at Glenville last year. And just speaking about Coach Mack and who he is, you've been able to see his life um, up close, right? Right, And some of the ways that he's demonstrated manhood may have rubbed off on you. And exactly. Of course, that being a father, one, mm. two, being a husband. Right. Um, how's that transition been? And when did you decide that that was the route that you wanted to take and being a husband, I'm, of course, when you met your now wife, wife. Yeah. would you meet her? Shout out to Nene, my yeah. wife. Nene's her name? Yeah. Shout out to you, Nene. <laughs> Shout out to you. Yeah. You got this man right. But <laughs> when, you, when, when did you meet Nene? I met Nene, I'll have to say 2017. We started off as friends. Of course. So we was real Best close friends. Off. Yeah, we was, we was real close friends. We used to talk all the time when I was in school. So just... Casual talking, checking up, see how each other doing, stuff like that. Sure. Then we have those good conversations. But just knowing you got the right person, it's just you know when you got the right person. Okay. 
And that's was was more of that. Uh, it wasn't more of a, oh, I want to get married. No, I never thought about getting married till I've met her until down the line. It's like, all right, this she's the one. Just the one. It wasn't no doubt in my mind that she wasn't the one. And how and how'd you find that out? Like, what was what was it about Nene that made you say she's the one? Just our friendship, our friendship, uh, the way we, the way she communicates, the way she carried herself. Uh, she was always on point about everything. Uh, she helped me see myself better. Really? Right. She helped me see myself better, and that was the biggest thing. Like every at our age, at that age, people don't care about that type of stuff. No, things, no. They are not even thinking about getting married or things like that. But she was always on point, no matter what in every uh, aspect of her life, and it just made me wanted to be better. Okay. And that's why I found out, like, all right, she makes me want to be better for myself and be better for her. Then this, this is the one. This is the right time. The ain't no, ain't no, ain't no point of waiting and going around and trying to see what else is out there. It's right in front of me. God put her right there for a reason. And man. we had a great friendship first, so that was the the big thing. That's beautiful, man. That's that's so beautiful because I think you're right. In this day and age, we're not thinking about. Getting married. Man, never thought about not, it. Never thought never, about it. Never think about it until the moment that we meet someone that um, makes us feel like we want to be, like you said, we want to be better for them as well as for ourselves. Right. Right? Um, instilling that confidence. Mm-hmm. And then being confident in the person that you choose. Mm-hmm. Um, I know relationships you know, can be hard, right? I know marriage is not easy. I know fatherhood is not easy. What has been your biggest challenge Um you know, being a father, being a new father, being um, recently married, what's been your biggest transition? And also having a business. Right. That's the biggest that's thing. one yeah, the hell of a thing, life balance. The biggest thing for me was just being consistent. It's very hard to be consistent in every aspect of what I got going on, being a father, being a husband, being a, a business owner. That is not easy at all. Not at all. It's not easy at all. But... Again, my wife made it easy for me. She made it easier for me. Okay. All right. She made me want to be greater. So, and then I got my boys. Yeah. Come on, I've I've never had love from a, a male figure growing up in that aspect. So I got two of them. I can't fumble. Say can't fumble. I can't. I can't mess this up. No matter what it was, I can't. No matter what it is in life, you can't mess up when you got a family to feed, provide for. Right. So you gotta be able to get out of the, get out of your comfort zone. You gotta stop being selfish. You gotta do things like that, and that's what helps me go every day. It's my babies and my wife. Nene, you the goat. <laughs> Navy, you the goat. <laughs> Noah, my you boys. the goat. Love y'all. Y'all hear him, man? That's beautiful. That's mm-hmm. so beautiful, man. Like, so one of the questions I I, I think is it's a cliche question, but I love asking it. Um. If you could tell your, if you knew now what you knew then, what is something that you would tell yourself? Like, what is that one or two things that you would tell yourself for sure? Man, I know mine's, like I said, you didn't check out the Q&A, definitely checked it out, but it's like, mine's would be, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. That's right? hard. That's hard for me at this point, too. It's like, I, I want to do every, I want, I I feel like I'm Superman. You can't be that. Man. But you can't be everything. Right. You can't be to everybody. <laughs> because then you you ain't gonna be able to you can't pour into everybody. You can't. Because that's leave you with nothing. You drain yourself. Exactly. Right. Leave you with nothing. Right. So like what is what is that thing that you would tell yourself like back like T T now would tell T T back in tenth grade? Or Go to school. Do your schoolwork, boy. More than anything, because you know, I was, I ain't really go to school. Man, I, 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 ain't class. Like, I ain't like school. Hot, hallway, <laughs> at home. That's the thing, though. My my mom was more of a, uh, she wasn't a force you, like, you got to do this. She like, look, you go learn. That's right. what type of mom my mom was. So right. That, I, I commend her for that. Hats off to you, because she literally used to just let, let me learn as I go. She'll be like, all right, no, you can't do this, but Sometimes she'll sit back, all right, you gonna make that decision, make that decision. Yeah. And that was the biggest thing, but the biggest thing for real is just do that schoolwork, man. Do the schoolwork. You might hate it, but if you're trying to really do something, like me and mine was sports, so I had to, you gotta do that schoolwork. 
no matter how much you hate it, you got to go to school, get them grades so you can position yourself where you want to position yourself. Main thing. That's, that's really great advice, I think, especially to the young student athletes out there mm -hmm. now, um, where I think it's so easy Way to showcase easy. your talent. It's easy. Right? Like, we can get on Instagram, we go on Twitter, we go on TikTok, and, you know, we can do something. We can post something, right? But I think one of the things that I learned playing sports was sports don't build, just build character, it reveals it. It definitely do. Right? Yeah, you never know who you is. Because you never is. know until you look at the man behind the, or I, I want to say behind the brand, but when you look at the man underneath the helmet, mm -hmm. right? Or once he takes that jersey off, mm -hmm. who does he become? Right. You know what I'm saying? What is his grades like? What, what, how does he treat his mom? Mm -hmm. How does he treat you know other people? And I think that's just a really um, sound piece of advice to give to these to not just your younger self, but to the younger men that's possibly going to see this video. Right. And um, those that may even want to train with you because then they understand your mindset mm -hmm. um, behind it. But, you know, speaking of training and things like that, you know, we've talked about it a little bit, but are you selective with the type of people you train or you just train anybody? Uh, Whoever wants to work. You at first, it was more of a, I'm going to work with who want to work with me. Right. But it's like like you said, I'm, I'm selective for real. Like, I don't train with... The thing is, everybody is not for everybody. Indeed. I don't want I don't want the athletes that come in and just go through it. If you come through and just don't want to be there every single day, it might not it might not be for you. But I the thing with me, I'm good at opening those kids up or open those athletes up and getting to know them. Sometimes it just takes a little bit for for you to get to know them and build that relationship. Some trainers just train the kids and let them go. I'm having a conversation with what you what you like doing. What do you do besides this? Right. What do you you like do you really like the sport you doing? What do you do for fun? What do you like to eat? Things like that. I, I like to build those relationships with kids and how many brothers and sisters you got. Like all those type of things. I like to get personable with them. Just to understand who I'm dealing with, how I can pinpoint or how I can make you better as an athlete while you with me for this hour and a half or whatever. Transitioning boys into men. Exactly how, how I was molded, or young or young women or young ladies into women. Exactly, correct. And um, do you think that's the thing that sets you apart in your personal and professional life? Is mm -hmm. That you know you're pretty personable, you're pretty right. relatable. Um, people can have general conversation with mm -hmm. you, and you be able to provide them some insight and keep it real. Provide them perspective and keep it real, right? Because that's important. Um, I think nowadays we give a lot of advice, and it tends to be cliche, right? It's not genuine. Uh, it's not. It's not genuine. And one of the things that I want this podcast to be is very genuine, very authentic. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I thank you for just giving that insight. Now, I got a really quick question for you. Now, off subject a little bit, but I want you to rank these three things. <laughs> ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Truth, loyalty, respect. How would you rank them? One, two, three. I would say respect is number one. Okay. Respect is number one. Loyalty and truth. Okay. Why? Because if, if you got all those things, if you got respect, you're going to most likely get all those things into it. They all come with it. So that's why we're right. Uh, respect number one. Okay. Because if you don't respect nobody, I'm going to lie to you. If I don't respect you, I, I ain't going to be loyal to you. So all that equals up to respect. So I say respect number one trumps everything. Trumps everything. That's why. That's not to cut you off. That's why I always say respect. That's why a lot of people are loyal to me as a person because they respect me because I've never given them that that reason not to. Like I've never been that type of person. I've always been that person that that's been honest with you. Honesty is such a. Uh, a lost concept, right? Because it's sometimes you don't want to hurt the person that you're mm -hmm. telling these things to, but it's like, if I don't tell you the truth, you're going to continue to do whatever it is that you're right. doing, and you possibly may harm yourself. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather hurt your feelings to see you harm yourself. Uh, I think that's 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 very important. Now, so you started A7 2018. 
and we're here now in 2023. Uh, where's the journey taking you next? Man, I want to be here, but it's going to take me where it's going to take me. And are you meaning here as in where your feet are? Where my feet is. Right. 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 But from there, I, I'm sure you got to have some type of, uh, you know, future aspirations and things like that, mm -hmm. that you have in the back of your mind or goals that you may have written up on a vision board or something mm -hmm. like that about where you want to go next. Um, I want to, I want to touch not just Cleveland. No, I want to expand. expand. I want to, I want to go to different states. I want to go to different areas, touch different athletes across the country. Uh, I'm here. I feel like more of here is more of a box. Right. I want to get out of this box and, and go see what else there is for me and the brand and to build to take it to where it could go. So how do you get there? Like how how do you get to that place where you feel like you're ready to expand? You're ready to go to these different states. Like mentally, emotionally, what are some things that you need to have? Um, physically, what are some things that you need? Tangibly, tangibly. Mentally, I have to be able to get out of that comfort zone. I'm more I'm comfortable here. Right. I don't I don't I don't like being comfortable. When I get comfortable, I get complacent. So I'm trying to get out of here. I want to. I want to go to different states. I want to go to Texas. I want to go to Atlanta. I want to go to Georgia. I'm sorry. I want to go to Georgia. I want to go to t uh, Florida. I want to visit these other places and leave my mark on these other places as well. So, what drives you to want to go further? Like what drives you to continue pursuing training and want to, you know, touch different parts of the world and different people? It's not a job. It's something I love to do. And it's like, it's just, it was natural for me. I picked it up. And once I picked it up, it was, I was able to just get going with it. I've learned from a lot of different, different guys, Coach Gurn, TJ, my brother Quan, Stick. They've taught me a lot. Yeah. They, some of the people, the reason why I'm in the training. Okay. If it weren't for them, I wouldn't be training, honestly. Right. Right. Cause they the one who got me, hey, you should go to school for exercise science. You should try this. You should do that. Cause I was more of a business major. I didn't know it was a, a degree for training until listen, I went to Urbana. Listen, I didn't know it was a degree for a lot of things until I went to school. Exactly. So that that keeps me going. It's, like I said, it's not a job. It's something I love doing. I love to see people yeah. reach their goals. That's the main thing with, with, with players go to school and get All-American and All-Pros and these recognitions and things like that. It's just more of it. One thing you would never see me do is say, that's my player. I, you would never see you. I post them, but you would never see me posting. That's my player, or this and that. I always co congratulate them, hats off to them, no matter what they're doing, even if it's not sports. But I just want to see them flourish because I wasn't able to do that. Right. So you live. So seems to me you live vicariously through a lot through of them. your avenues. Mm -hmm. One of which being um, a close one to you, mm -hmm. Lyndon Stevens. Right. Right. Um, so I spoke with him and he was telling me a few things about you. And one of the things was uh, I asked him to describe you and um, he described you as a lifesaver. And um, reason being is because he was going through some tough times and he said, no matter what he was going through, he was able to call you. Mm -hmm. You were going to pick up the phone, right? What is it? Why did, why did you pick up the phone? Why do you continue to pick up the phone? What is it about you that drew you to um, Lyndon and the fact of just being there, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we all have those people where we go through things and we think they're going to be there and they're not there. Right. But Lyndon said, you're always there. Mm -hmm. I think that one speaks to just how selfless you are, first of all. Mm -hmm. um, I think two, it speaks to the um, respect that Lynn definitely has for you to actually call you and get advice, right? Because you've been through what you've been through. You've been able to overcome it and you've been able to stay the course and get to where you're going. So what is it about you or that keeps you in tune with people to where they can call you and they can, and you can give them sound advice and they can call you when they're going through tough situations. For me, it was because I didn't have an outlet. I didn't have a way of getting out and communicating what I had going on in my mental at the time, no matter where where I was at. And for for Lyndon to say that, I appreciate that. And 
I always looked up, looked at Lyndon as my little brother. Even when we was in high school, he used to be coming around, throwing, playing catch with us at practice and things like that. I've, I've watched him grow up. And it's just, I just love people. If I call you my friend, my brother, I'm gonna always be there for you no matter what. And that's why I'm always able, I'm gonna always pick up for anybody that shows me that love and respect. I'm gonna always do that for them as well. Like I used to go to his high school games. I used to come back home, go to the high school games. Yeah. I even went to Cincy cause he was two hours away from me at Urbana. Yeah. So I should drive down. He said you was like the only one. Yeah, I'm the only one besides, besides, uh, besides Pops. Pops, yeah. Uh, pull up. He said, man, he said that made um, that made his days. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And like, I ain't look at it the game. I ain't you know look what at I'm it saying? Though. You would have never known that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we don't know the impact we have on other people's lives right. until it's said to us, right? Or until we're dead and gone, and then they're posting us mm -hmm. and we're living you know, spiritually. Right. Um, but I say that too, because a lot of times when I talk to people or, you know, when I'm getting, hearing conversations from people about myself, it's about, you know, how they look at my life and they are inspired by it. Mm. And Same. sometimes I'm like, yo, I don't get that because I'm, I'm in it, right? I'm living it. So to me, it's just normal. It's just what I got to do. Right, but to you guys or to someone who may see me and they're looking, and they think about their lives, then they can look back and they say, "Well, maybe mine's isn't so bad." I did that, you know. I've done that. Maybe what I'm going through isn't um, as bad as I think it is, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe I maybe me, I got the wrong perspective about it. That's what it is. Because I see my boy John, he's smiling, and he's still going through what he's going through. Mm -hmm. He's working, he's still going through what he's going through. Mm -hmm. What's stopping me, right? Um, and I think that's the thing with, that I'm just speaking to with uh, Lyndon is like, you didn't never know that, right? You didn't no. know how much impact you had Not on his life until right now, right? right? So, like, I hate to ask these questions, but I think it's a good question. When it's all said and done, what do you want people to reflect on your life? Like, what is what is what what are they going to say about Andre T.T. Cliff? It's all said and done. What do you want them to say? That I was a good person. I know it's cliche to say, but I was a good person. I was always me no matter what. And that's something I can live with. I don't want to be looked at, looked as an uh, individual that was a flip-flop type of person or a, a negative person. I want to be somebody that my when they talk to my kids and tell them about me and my kids can just smile and just say, wow, that's that. Right. Like, that's, that's what I want to. And I... <laughs> Like you said, like going off what you said, you're you inspired me too. I ain't go, man, man. you definitely did. I go on the page, even if I want to call you or send you a text, yeah. like I go on the page, I'll be down. This is real talk, yeah. And I just see you, you be talking about the shoes, talking about whatever you got going on, and you right. just and and you will just send me a message. I see you a message, you will know, go through the story. I see you, yeah, you will send a message. Same thing going back, and it's just more of a just. How can I be down about a situation? It's just my perspective is off and you doing what you doing on the right. daily. Cause you was live going through a football, all that. And one day it was it was it was gone for you. So oh. and uh this is I, I ask this question to myself, you know, or I ask this question to people a lot. It's like, who will you become when everything that was made you what you was is gone? I feared that. Once I stopped playing football, I feared, like, what do I do next? Really? Was that, like, Damn. a tough time for you? That was the worst time. I was I was depressed, like, beyond, like, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. I did not know what to do. I, and I was coming off of sports. I had hernia. So I finished my college career with a hernia. And it was like, all right, what do I do now? I don't know what I'm doing. I had to come back home. The first thing I did was call Coach Mack. Can I come train? Right. But it was still, it took me about two years to get over. Like, this is like your dream. That dream is really? no longer. Yeah. Hello? It took me that long. I think most athletes go through that, though, right? When it's right. all said and done, when the career is over. How did you get through it, though? Did you my athletes. My, my athletes really got me through it. Just being around them and just watching them flourish, living through them. That's literally what it is. Living through Linden, living through all the different athletes I had coming through, watching them reach their goals, their pedestal, just all that helped me 
realize like it's okay. It's bigger than me. It's it's bigger than it's me. Bigger than the and sport. That's why I love doing what I do because it's always bigger than me, and I'm gonna always live through them, no matter if they don't play no more. They got family. We still gonna have that relationship, and that's the point of me doing everything for you to reach where you want to reach athletically and at the same time in life. Personally, yeah. right? Again, that whole thing of transforming boys, young ladies, into men and mm-hmm. into women, right? So what has been the most gratifying um, part of your journey? Like, what has been the most gratifying part of becoming Andre Cliff, Mr. ASAP? My kids. Really? My wife. Yeah. And you know, I'm only saying really and yeah, because it's not too often right. that we hear that, especially from a young man. Right, because you know? I'm a family-oriented person. Like, right. I'm I'm very into myself. Like, so if I let you in that box, in my circle at least, then I'm going to look at you that way. But it's just that that support from them just makes everything worthwhile. Really? Everything. Like, I wake up, I get to see them every day. It's just, I have those moments of I'm feeling down or something. How can I be down when I got this right here? I'm going to just find a way to get through it, find a way to get to what I need to go. Gratification. Every time. Right, gratifying is um, being grateful, right? Being thankful for It could be worse. Yeah. could be worse. And even in my situation, I think like that, right? Because mm-hmm. I know people who are also in wheelchairs and I've had um, contact with those people and some of those people can't move their arms. They can't move anything. Mm-hmm. And um, I always thank God about that because I could have been same way, right? Mm-hmm. First, I don't tell the story often, but initially my diagnosis was neck down. Um, there wasn't going to be no moving of the arms. There mm-hmm. wasn't going to be no podcast. You know, and there's still going to be a podcast, right? right? But me being able to actually hold the mic Things like that, being able to feed myself was was not going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. But um, when they told me that, the first thing I responded was, "God got me." Like I understand what you're telling mm-hmm. me, but my faith is bigger than it's bigger than any mouth. It's bigger than any circumstance, any situation. True. Right, and I live my life by that. Like I always say, um, put your faith over your feelings, put your faith over your fears. You know what I'm saying? That's one of the things at that time, like, I, I was down when I heard it, dude. I was sad, yeah, frustrated, at mad at the moment, but I had to put my faith over my feelings and, like, yo, God got me. I'm still breathing for a reason. It was by accident. Might have, it might have changed my life, but it didn't take my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think just understanding that when you wake up and you're still breathing, you got a reason and opportunity to find out why. And I'm just using my every day to find out why. Mm-hmm. I'm using my journey to find out why. And I think that's the most gratifying part of my journey, I would say, is devolution, right? And uh, you know, not to not to, you know, get too long winded about it, but you, you know, you spoke about your your sons and your family, man, and how have they just made you a better person? You speak about it, man. You light up, man. You speak, yeah. like, you light up, bro. So it's like, what is it that you could give or say to young men, man, in terms of um when it comes to family? You know, just being a family man, your family oriented. Like, what is some advice you can you can give to them? It's it's not easy with any anything in life, especially dealing with family. But I just I would just tell them, man, family is everything. Stay connected with them, love them, no matter what. And it, I could say so much for real, but uh, it's just when I when I think about my family, it just I get a little emotional about it because I love them so much. Yeah. It's just it'd be so much racing in my head when I get to thinking about them. But they they are my backbone of everything. They're my reason for everything. So just make sure you just you just trust and love your family. And stay and stay connected with them more than anything. Bro. Stay connected with your family. Stay connected. And when you mean like stay connected, is you meaning like check up on them or yeah. check up on them? Be there. Be present. Be present. present. Right. Be present. Presence sometimes it means more than 
and I and I I never known that until I had my own. Like being present, not just being there, but being present, being being there in the moment, enjoying the moment and and make sure you don't take it for granted. And I don't never take your family for granted. Man, I say uh never take your family never take nothing for granted at all. Never take nothing for granted, man. Be grateful for everything, man. I say something in the morning. I get up on Twitter every morning. I say, uh, good morning, family. I hope you woke up grateful today because it's something to be grateful for. There's always something to be grateful for. Always. Right? Um, exercise that I do um, is every morning I wake up and I say three things I'm grateful for. Like, one thing today is having this conversation. Grateful. You know what I'm saying? Second thing would have been um, breathing. You know, grateful. Third thing, being in my own home, you know, something I never thought was possible. Gratefulness. You know what I'm saying? So I think just being grateful in all aspects of life is important because I think gratefulness cancels out all of the doubt, right? It cancels out all yeah. the worry. It cancels out yeah. all that bad yeah. stuff that's going on in your mind. Right. You think life is just so hard. It's Take like that deep breath. But I'm grateful though. Take that I'm breath. still able to feel life. I'm still able mm -hmm. to live life. Man, that, that's that's powerful, bro. Um, question though, if you could change anything in your life right now, what would it be? I wouldn't change anything. Nothing. Life's perfect the way it is. It, it's my life. I wouldn't change it because it wouldn't be my life if I would change something. Because one, one small thing, one thing you go back and change can change, derail or change anything that's happening now for me. I'm grateful. Like you said, I'm grateful. Grateful. It just, once everything goes the way it goes, you got to find a way. Right. Keep moving. Because things don't happen just to you, right? They happen for you and because of you. Right. That's why I wouldn't change nothing. Yeah. I wouldn't change a thing at all. Right. I I don't think I would change anything if if I was to change something. Um, and like I said, if you haven't checked out the Q and A, definitely go check that out. Um, but if I had to change anything, and I'll say it again, it would be to have my dad alive. You know? Mm. Um, to be able to have certain conversations, um, certain interactions. Right with my father, you know what I'm saying? I think, and that's low key what I expected you to say too, but I guess it's a little bit different um, seeing that. And I liked what you answered because that that's so true, right? We gotta understand why things didn't work out, you know, to understand why things did. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's very important because I think when we look back at our life, it's a lot that we could change, right? But then, yeah. like you said, it will, alter it, it will change exactly who we are and mm -hmm. we'll never and who's to say we'll be right here where we're sitting exactly to change something exactly right um man i really appreciate this conversation it was a great conversation man like one thing i definitely want to say i want to give you your flowers because man when i when i thought about this podcast when i thought about what state of course means and um the type of people i want to have on this podcast and the type of stories i want to highlight you know, you were definitely one that came up, mm -hmm. right? You're a story of, um, in a sense, please don't take this the wrong way, of um, <laughs> zero to hero. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? No, I'll take it the wrong way. It was one of them situations, like I said, where the sport didn't necessarily just build your character. Mm -hmm. It revealed your character, right? You went from being, you know, uh, low GPA student athlete. Terrible to, GPA. To, and and everybody. It was, it was, it was .99. Listen, it athletes. 0.99. So you athletes <laughs> out there that say it can't be done. 0.99, man. It can be done. For real. Wait, man, let me finish giving you your flowers because, you know, <laughs> you deserve them. You know, you deserve them. I can't wait to see what life has in store for you, man. I love the way you talk about your family. I love the way you showcase your kids, mm -hmm. your sons, man. And when you light up and talk, because I think, again, that representation is very important. And you just don't know how much of an impact you're having on my life, on other people's lives that are going to watch this podcast, mm -hmm. on the lives of the children that you're training, man, on and off the field, on and off the field, man. You the man. 
man, and I appreciate you, you know, pulling up and having this conversation with me because it means a lot. It means you believe in me, mm -hmm. you know? And that, 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 bro, 100, that's hard. Um, but I guess my, my last question to you was to be, um, if you had some advice, man, like a couple things you would like to tell people about staying the course, like what would be your advice to them, you know, in their life, if they're going through anything, whether they're kids and they're trying to get into mm -hmm. school like you were, or if they're trying to figure out what they're going to do to their life after sports, or, you know, if they're a fatherless kid and they're trying to figure out, you know, just how to navigate life as a young man, um, what would be a couple pieces of advice you would give to those, you know, those people to help them stay the course in their life? My my favorite thing is it's a marathon, no matter what it is. Don't let nothing stop you for whatever you're doing. No matter what it is, stay positive. It's easy to be negative, be down about everything. Stay positive. You have to keep a positive light, no matter what. The storm is gonna be there, but it's gonna be sunlight on the end at the end. No matter what it is, stay positive, stay prayed up, and attack every day, day by day. Don't look at the days ahead. Day by day, attack the days. Everything gonna work out for you. Man, y'all heard him here, man. Stay prayed up. Make the days count. Don't count the days. Remain positive in everything you do. And don't forget, you guys, stay course. Peace. I am your host, Jay Jack, a.k.a. your guide along this journey. We're here with my brother, Andre T.T. Cliff. Make sure you guys check him out on all social media platforms. You got kids that need training. Some of you athletes out there. Tap in. Tap in. Tap in. Tap in. Tap in. You see the shirt? Tap in. Let's make it happen. Train with the bus. Thank y'all for watching. I'll see y'all on the next journey. Peace.